Sarah Godey, Monica Steely, and Amber Miller. We are beyond excited to announce the launch of the Be Together Bible Study and this first series, Be Loved and Live. For more information or to purchase your copy of the Bible study that accompanies this episode, please visit www.bestillbefree.com. Welcome to Be Still Be Free. My name is Amber Miller, and I'm joined today by Monica Steely and Sarah Godey. Hello, ladies. Hi. Thanks. <laughs> I was going to do this time. <laughs> Thanks I was for that, Monica. Like, I know that's right. <laughs> the next, it's just, whatever. Uh, we can't, just it's the intros. I, you know, we've been doing this for over a year now, and still <laughs> we get hung up on the same five seconds. I know. <laughs> always. And always. it's all about one person in the group. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to. We don't need to point any fingers or name any names, Monica. But yeah, it is. I'm just being who I am, people. <laughs> well, that's not what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about being where and when you are. So, mm. oh. but this we are still in our our series. Be who you are, which mm-hmm. is turning into one of my favorite series. I really like this. This is a good. Too. This is really good. I like this. It's applicable. It is. It's a nice timing. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah, for you. Yeah. yeah. Um, so today is beware and when you are, which not, I, not I beware, but yeah, be, <laughs> maybe we should switch where? this. <laughs> beware, where you are. Yeah. <laughs> beware of when you beware are. Beware of who you are. <laughs> we could we could keep going with that. Let's not though. So oh, I'll be aware of who you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Be when and where you are. There you go. So um, I, I don't. This maybe is not something good to share, but I we're gonna typically, do it anyways. yeah, I'm going to anyway. <laughs> I usually when we decide on the series, like I, I do some research and I think about what I'm going to talk about for several weeks. Usually, though, I don't put anything on paper until the night before. Or the morning of, <laughs> which is the case for today. I don't know why. It, I always, anytime I've tried to prepare like way beforehand, I just uh, can't like get can't it together. Mm-hmm. So of course I was up like, you know, like I'd wake up in the middle of the night and feel like God was telling me about something. And then I'd be like, no. So anyway, God totally like laid this whole, cause that's it's always great. the Lord when I do that because yeah. I have no, there's yeah. nothing in me that's able to do that. <laughs> so, um, the, what kept coming into my mind with being when and where you are was about being present, yeah. being, being in the present moment, in the present place. And um, so the verse that I have for this is Psalm one eighteen twenty four. This is the day the Lord has That's made. Great. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And um, have you all read the screw tape letters mm-hmm. by Mm-mm. C.S. Lewis? Mm-hmm. So it's one of mine and Andy's favorite books by C.S. Lewis. It's just so interesting and it's got so much good content. And the, the, um, the way the book is written, it's supposed to be by, um, it's letters from a demon oh, wow. to his nephew. Okay. And uh, the demon's name is Screwtape, and his nephew's name is Wormtail. Wormwood, sorry. Wormwood. And um, he, they're talking about the people that they've been assigned to. Wow. And um, so the 
Screwtape is giving advice to his nephew about his, they call him his patient. And so um, I want to I wanna read you an excerpt out of this because it's kind of long, but it's just really uh, so meaty and so good. So you'll hear him, for those of you who haven't read it, he's talking, like when he talks about the enemy, he's talking about God. Okay. And when he's talking about like your patient, he's talking about the person that Wormwood has been assigned to. So um, I'm going to read this and then we'll, we'll talk about okay. it. Okay. My dear Wormwood. I had noticed, of course, that the humans were having a lull in their European war, what they naively call the war, and I am not surprised that there is a corresponding lull in the patient's anxieties. Do we want to encourage this or keep him worried? Tortured fear and stupid confidence are both desirable states of mind. Our choice between them raises important questions. The humans live in time, but our enemy destines them for, for eternity. He therefore, I believe, wants them to attend chiefly to two things, to eternity itself and to that point of time which they call present. For the present is the point at which time touches eternity. Of the present moment and of it only, humans have an experience to the experience with our enemy as of reality as a whole. In it alone, freedom and actuality are offered them. He would therefore have them continually concerned either with eternity, which means being concerned with him, or with the present, either meditating on their eternal union with or separation from himself, or else obeying the present voice of conscience, bearing the present cross, receiving the present grace, giving thanks for the present pleasure. Our business is to get them away from the eternal and from the present. With this in view, we sometimes tempt the human, say a widow or scholar, to live in the past, But this is of limited value, for they have some real knowledge of the past, and it has a determinate nature, and to that extent resembles eternity. It is far better to make them live in the future. Biological necessity makes all their passions point in that direction already. So that thought about the future inflames hope and fear. Also, it is unknown to them, so that in making them think about it, we make them think of unrealities. In a word, the future is, of all things, the least like eternity. It is the most completely temporal part of time, for the past is frozen and no longer flows, and the present is all lit up with eternal rays. Hence the encouragement we have given to all those schemes of thought such as creative evolution, scientific humanism, or communism, which fix men's attentions on the future, on the very core of temporality. Hence nearly all vices are rooted in the future. Gratitude looks to the past and love to the present. Fear, avarice, lust, and ambition look ahead. Do not think lust is an exception. When the present pleasure arrives, the sin, which alone interests us, is already over. The pleasure is just the part of the process which we regret and would exclude if we could do so without losing the sin. It is the part contributed by the enemy and therefore experienced in the present. The sin, which is our contribution, looked forward. To be sure, the enemy wants men to think of future too, just so much as a necessity for now planning the acts of justice or charity, which will probably be their duty tomorrow. The duty of planning the the morrow's work is today's duty, though it is material is borrowed from the future. The duty, like all duties, is in the present. This is now straw splitting. He does not want men to give future their hearts, to place their treasure in it. We do. His ideal is a man who is having worked all day for the good of posterity, if that is his vocation, 
washes his mind of the whole subject, commits the issue to heaven, and returns at once to the patience or gratitude demanded by the moment that is passing over him. But we want a man hag-ridden by the future, haunted by visions of imminent heaven or hell upon earth, ready to break the enemy's commands if the present, if by doing so we make him think he can attain one or avert the other, dependent for his faith on the success or failure of schemes whose end he will not live to see. We want a whole race perpetually in pursuit of the rainbow's end, never honest, nor kind, nor happy now, but always using a mere fuel wherewith to heap the altar of the future every real gift which is offered them in the present. It follows then in general, and other things being equal, that it is better for your patient to be filled with anxiety or hope, it does not matter which, about this war than with him to be living in the present. But the phrase living in the present is ambiguous. It may describe a process which is really just as much concerned with the future as anxiety itself. Your man may be untroubled about the future, but not because he is concerned with the present, but because he has persuaded himself that the future is going to be agreeable. As long as, as that is the real cause of tranquility, his tranquility will do us good, because it is only piling up more disappointment and therefore more impatience for him when his false hopes are dashed. If, on the other hand, he is aware that horrors may be in store for him and is praying for their virtues wherewith to meet them, and meanwhile concerning himself with the present, because there and there alone all duty, all grace, all knowledge, and all pleasure dwell, his state is very desirable and should not be attacked at once. Here again, our philological arm has done good work. Try the word complacency on him. But of course, it is most likely that he is living in the present for none of the reasons, but simply because his health is good and he is, is enjoying his work. The phenomenon would then be merely natural. All the same, I should break it up if I were you. No natural phenomenon is really in our favor. And anyway, why should the creature be happy? Your affectionate Uncle Screwtape. Mm. So I know that's like a long excerpt, but it has... Okay, well, we'll see you all next week. Yeah. <laughs> just it has so much good content, and it's totally like the context for this whole like lesson about being in the present and how um, really the past or the future are the furthest places our minds can be from God mm-hmm. because God exists in the present wow. and how um, the enemy, their, their desire is to draw us out of the present however they can. And so when we talk about being when you are and being where you are, that means continually to be in the present moment. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever phase of life you're in, whatever, wherever oh, you up. are in... <laughs> I'm shooting daggers, daggers over Sarah. Sarah. Like, are you listening? <laughs> Wherever you are on the planet. She was, she was pointing at me while you were reading. <laughs> Five years, you. <laughs> Listen, it is such, a, it's a, wow. I mean, I read the whole thing and I like, I tried to like, before I was, I was like, oh, do, no, I just need to do the whole, do the whole thing, thing. because it's, it all it, goes together. It is. Okay. So I have just a few notes, um, to just like hone in on, on based on, on that reading. So there are several ways that we can live in the past. Let's talk about the past first. You can live a, in past failures. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so easy to be haunted by our past, mm-hmm. living day to day as though our past is stronger, is, is a stronger reality for us than our present. Um, have you ever experienced this like a day or a moment in time when like the shadow of the past drifts over you and you're, it completely determines your view of yourself? 
Yeah. I mean, both positively and negatively, mm-hmm. you know, like I, there can be times where I romanticize a situation and, um, or times where, you know, you just kind of relive in that regret of, I can't believe mm-hmm. I did that or that that happened or yeah. Yeah. It can totally, um, I, I wrote instead of seeing yourself through the eyes of Christ, you see yourself through the lens of your failures. Mm. And so it's so easy for that shadow mm-hmm. of the past to, like you said, just like totally wash over you and let that be the lens through which you see yourself yeah. instead of what God calls us to do, which mm-hmm. is to see ourselves through Christ at mm-hmm. all times. Right. Um, the only value in looking at your past lies in what it teaches you about your present. Mm. Andy said that. That's a quote by my husband. He was like, hey, that sounds good, right? You should tweet that. (laughs) He's starting to come around to Twitter. Um, But yeah, it's so true. (laughs) Well, Sarah. It's so true. The only value in looking at the past lies in what it teaches us about the present. Um, It's so easy to be... Um, consumed with the past, I think it's it's easy to look at, especially for me, like past failures or past uh, events or even loss, things yeah. that you think should have happened that didn't happen or that shouldn't have happened that did happen, um, and allow that to start coloring your view of mm-hmm. the world and of yourself and of God, mm-hmm. and um, that's not beneficial. Really, what's beneficial is to look at the past and learn from it yep. and then move on. My, my struggle would be the opposite of that. I do not live in the past, and I can remember being young. I was um, in high school, and our assistant pastor at our church was teaching our Bible class, and he asked a question of how many of you have no regrets, and I raised my hand. I was just being honest, and I've just never made it um, a habit to live in regret of the past because mm-hmm. everything that we go through makes us a better person for tomorrow if we allow it to use it as a lesson and as a, a guide and whatever. And, you know, I was young and youthful, and but I still think that I, I feel that way. I'm just not a big past person. My problem is the bondage of the future. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting that, problem with that you mentioned regret because um, – Andy, when Andy and I were talking about this, um, he was like, there's a difference in repentance Ooh, and like regret. That. I like that. And they both exist, and they both are dealing with um, contemplating the past. That's nice. I like that. But there's there's a godly way, and there's an, a not godly way, mm-hmm. a, and an ungodly way. So regret focuses on the negative. Repentance focuses on the positive mm. that comes out of it. That's uh, good. Regret like drowns that. in negative contemplation while repentance directs our minds to Christ. Mm. Regret leads us to repeated failure and repentance learns from our mistakes. In 2 Corinthians 7, 9 through 10, it says, I now rejoice not that you were made sorrowful, but that you were made sorrowful to the point of repentance. For you were made sorrowful according to the will of God so that you might not suffer loss in anything through us. For the sorrow that is according to the will of God produces a repentance without regret Mm. leading to salvation, but the sorrow of the world produces death. Wow. So there is no benefit in regret. Like Christ says, you know, my, the sorrow that comes from me, like the things that hurt you in the past, they lead to repentance, but not regret. Mm. There is, there is no God in regret. I love that. I thought that was really interesting. My husband is so wise. (laughs) He'll appreciate that. So 
let's talk about the future like you were talking about Sarah like it's so easy oh, right to is. be like bonded in the future mm-hmm. so this is one of the quotes from the from the book from the screw tape letters in the word in a word the future is of all things the very least like eternity oh, wow. why do you think that is that um of the two like the past is is one thing but for them to say that the future is the very least like eternity why would you why do you think it would wow. say that i don't know I, I don't think, know, because when I heard you read that, I was just like, what does he mean there? Like, yeah. I'm trying to figure out, like, what's the, what's the message? So what, um, when you're, I mean, let's not get into the A and the B theory of time. My husband would like to do that. I'm not <laughs> going to do that. But does the future actually exist? Yeah, that's true. It doesn't, right? Does it now. exist? Or does it, you know, do yeah. things happen? The past exists. Right. I mean, not currently, right. but it happened. The future doesn't actually exist to be known. Wow. It's not a, It's not a, in a state of being. Right. And so to be constantly focused on this thing that doesn't actually exist is to be the furthest from God. Wow. Because God actually exists. And it has existed. Wow. And eternity does. And eternity actually exists in hmm. the present. And so when he says that to, to be focused on the future is to be the furthest uh, from eternity. And really meaning the furthest from God. Um, it's because it's not real. Wow. How, why should we put all of our hopes and dreams and like everything, everything that we focus on to be something that isn't, isn't, doesn't exist. Wow. Something that we really have no control over. Wow. That's really good. That's really yeah. good. Yeah. Isn't that powerful? I think I'm going to have the kids re- listen to the series. It's the. It's good stuff. It's a good series. Yes. It's a good series. And, and everyone read the screw tape letters. It's one of those that we read like once a year. Really? It's just. It's packed, and every time we read it, we get something different out of it. Of course, C.S. Lewis, though, like, how can yeah. you go wrong? Um, the potential for a painful future is a reality of the present. But if your mind is consumed with irrational fears based on the future, our mind is removed from where God wants us to focus, which is the present. So to be constantly in fear um, of the future the, is, is not a good thing. There is a potential for pain in the future, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a potential for great things in the future. But to keep our mind constantly focused on All that, things. Mm-hmm, it draws us away from where God is and wants us to be. Um, I have this verse in Colossians 3, 2. Set your mind on things above, not on things that are on earth. Mm-hmm. We can't, because of fear of the future, lose sight of our call to love in the present. And I, you know, in the book, they're talking about the war um, and people are consumed with the war. What's going to happen? Are we going to win? Are, you know, yeah. are my loved ones going to die? And um, for us currently, I think um, a truer state of being like for our nation is the current situation with the Supreme Court yeah. and the ruling on gay marriage. I have seen um, people reacting out of fear so mm-hmm. much in this current state, Mm -hmm. thinking about the future of the church and the future of our nation and Mm -hmm. all of these things, um, which is really interesting. I think that it's really easy for Christians to get pulled out Mm -hmm. of the present, even, even in these like good things for us to be talking about. Um, like I've, I've, it's been interesting for me to like sit back kind of like on social media Mm -hmm. and watch just what people are posting and what Mm -hmm. people are saying and, um, and to see who's reacting out of fear and who's reacting out of 
love. Mm-hmm. Colossians 3.17 says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Scripture says that the one who fears cannot be made perfect in love. Mm-hmm. And so um, to be fearful of the future and to react out of fear instead of love is such a common thing to happen in the Christian faith. Have you like seen that recently or? Yeah. And I was even going to say like, um, like, I don't think I have per se a fear of the future. I constantly have this need to try to plan or prepare or vision because I'm very vision oriented. Right. So I see big picture things, but I get hung up in that. Yeah. I get hung up in the details of tomorrow and preparing for tomorrow so I don't get caught with my pants down, you know. Mm-hmm. And and Monica used the word last night. She's like, you don't want that to become an idol. I'm like, that's not an idol. And then I start thinking about, I really think about it a lot. Yeah. And not because I'm trying to make it an idol. It's not because, you know, I have no anxiety towards it. I have no fear towards it because I know it's all going to be whatever God wants. But the way my mind thinks is prepare for it, plan for it, right. think about it. You should always be doing something tomorrow. Is there going to be something bigger? Is there going to be something better? What's my identity going to be? And like that's really convicting that the future is the furthest thing from reality of, of Christ. I read a quote somewhere, and I should have written it down, but it was something like, you can constantly chase tomorrow. Yeah. How many, how many times a day do we say tomorrow? Because it's not really something that ever comes. Right. It's right. really interesting. And I hate fear because I totally believe in that. I see people paralyzed by fear constantly. And I'm just like, fear is not of the Lord. Like I try to talk to the kids about that. Um, but there has to be a presence. Mm-hmm. You know, it can't be about tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. Right. Exactly. What about you? Yeah. I mean, say. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> She's looking at no, Sarah. shut up. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, like there's, you know, there, I always am having these thoughts of, you know, trying to figure out like what's happening next. And, you know, are, are we going to be prepared for this or for that or blah, blah, blah. But for whatever reason, I can't, I'm not built to stay there. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's probably part of my procrastinator personality. Um, but I'll just put off into the future, which doesn't exist that, which I (laughs) today, which now I love that. That's a great Um, new excuse for Monica. Awesome. It is the furthest thing from reality for me to do that today. So I'm going to do that tomorrow. Yeah, so we're going to do it. There's no reality um, to that. But yeah, it's really hard for me to stay, to stay there. Well, I think when you have dreams and desires and anticipations you can't help but try to plan, prepare. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you do have to be wise today Absolutely. for tomorrow. Yeah. But to be consumed by the what if, what of tomorrow mm-hmm. is something different. And do you place your identity in tomorrow? Yeah. yeah. Do you place your identity in what you're going to be or who God's called you to be in the future? Yeah. Not yeah. who God's called you to that's be right huge. now. Like, I think that's speaking right at me. Well, it it goes back to the Proverbs verse about, you know, um, the Lord or the the people make plan their path, but the Lord directs the steps, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think it, I think the Lord does bless us making plans and thinking about the future and taking it seriously. I mean, that's good stewardship, but it's, I think always a hold it loosely. Yeah, absolutely. Hold it loosely. Don't get so set like don't get a firm plan write it in pencil Mm -hmm. or you know keep it on a dry erase like you know metaphorically speaking Mm -hmm. um it's good to have those have goals but not idols right i mean i could i 
hands down, every five-year chunk of my life has never turned out how I ever thought it would. Right. So, I'm, so I am to that point. That's why I'm like, I don't, I can't, I can't go I there yeah. in five years. You know, because it's funny. I'm the same way. I just, we used to sit down and do go-to goals every year, um, which were good. And they were great goals for us to think about for the year to come and changes we would want to make for our marriage or for our family. But, you know, we used to do the whole, where do you want to be in five years? Where do you want to be in 10 years? And I just have quit that because it's, it's pointless. Uh, it's it's pointless. completely pointless. Yeah, I'm, I'm nothing. You know, we were talking about last night. I thought at 35, I'd be a midwife. I'm so far from being a midwife. It's not even funny. Yeah. And it just, because I didn't want to be that. Right. I decided that wasn't where I wanted to go. I wouldn't like that job. Yeah. You know, and it's just completely different. And, and there is freedom in that, mm-hmm. that we have to doing that with everything. This has yeah. been um, a, a big lesson for me during this pregnancy. I bet. Because I, I mean, y'all know me. I'm a huge planner. Yeah. Huge. What? Like to be in control. Never yeah. knew that. And I went to one of my doctor's appointments and Andy was with me and I was kind of joking with the doctor like, hey, can we like just schedule this whole situation? Because I really need to know when this is going to happen. Like Tuesdays aren't good for me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, the doctor was like, oh, sweetheart, you know, a good lesson for you right now needs to be that you have no control over this. <laughs> no, no oh, way. yes, she did. And Andy just like whipped his head and looked at me like, oh, no, she didn't. Like, <laughs> That's big, awesome. And I was like, you know, like my heart kind of sank. But in a way, it was a really good. So this whole pregnancy has made me just being like, okay, I can prepare as much mm-hmm. as I can prepare. Yep. I can read. That's good. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot out of my control in this. So I just need to be present. I need to take a picture yeah. of my belly at 31 weeks and be like, just hey, this is this moment. But um, don't you think as women, like this is a real stronghold for women because oh, it comes huge. into the whole control thing. And, and the and whole preparing of, thing that Monica mm-hmm. was talking about in week one. And part of the whole reason that Ad, or Eve ate the fruit was mm-hmm. because she wanted to be. To know it all. She wanted to know it all. Yeah. She wanted to have the knowledge. Right. And man, look what that did for her. And then part of the curse to control her husband and control the futures. And I mean, she just wanted to know she wanted to have right. it all. And well, and going back to the Proverbs 31 woman, you could look at her through a lens of control yes. and that, you know, she was a control freak about her home and her mm-hmm. kids and her family and yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's what I love so much about what you talked about with that week, Sarah, was right. just, it's yeah. the character. It's right. not the doing again. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't control, about her control. Control always comes down exactly. to the doing. It was about her character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's huge. And, and huge. so a lot of great, great I think our, content. Um, our friend Shauna, our BFF Shauna, who's <laughs> friend of the podcast, um, she's working on pizza? a new book called Present Over Perfect. Oh, oh we wow. need to read that. Yeah. So I've, she's like done these little snippets on Instagram with just like yes. these highlights about what she's kind of working on with writing it. And it yeah. sounds amazing. I bet it will be. We should uh, link so to if that. it's out yeah, or pre-order or whatever this week, we'll link yeah, to it. Yeah, we need so to. So let's talk about the present mm-hmm. really quick before we run out of time. Um, I, oh, yeah. th- this segment I titled Living in the Present Focused on Eternity. Um, Romans eight eighteen says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us, which is so focused on eternity. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that. Um, I was thinking about it. Um, if you go through all of the fruits of the spirit, when do those take place in the present? Yeah. According right. to my notes, it says the present. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. love, no, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, mm-hmm. gentleness, and self-control. None of those things happen in the past. None of those things happen in the future. Right. All of those things happen mm-hmm. in the present. There are other, uh, um, you know, 
virtues like gratitude and things like that that really do take place mm-hmm. in in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, being grateful for things that happened is a vast right. focus. But there's nothing that's focused right. in the future, and and no spiritual gift is focused in anything other than the present. Right. Wow. So um, all of those are a reflection of of being in the here and now. Um, and then I was thinking about just God himself is a God of the present, you yeah. know, in Exodus three fourteen, when Moses says, who should I say sent me? He says, I am. He doesn't say I was, or I'm going to be. Right. He said, I am, which right. is, um, the Hebrew word haya, which is a verb that means to exist wow. now. Right. Like, well, wow. it's like he is love, not he was love or will be. Going exactly. To just like right now is always, he yeah. is yeah and he uh, it's just so interesting that god is always describing himself stuff. as omnipresent Present. yeah mm-hmm. too yeah it's mm. there's a lot to that so i i just want to encourage everyone to be mindful of the present to understand that it it's a good thing mm-hmm. i feel like it we can get like guilty about yeah. it like Oh, I should be thinking about this thing that's going to happen, or I should be dealing with my crap from Mm -hmm. two years ago. Or really, though, God is calling you to be in the moment that you're in right now. Mm -hmm. Well, and a lot of people will be like, if I could just have this, then I would be content. Mm -hmm. Then I would be happy. Then I would be. And we're waiting for the circumstances to dictate our character mm-hmm. instead of our character dictating our circumstances. Absolutely. Well, and um, when the disciples were walking with Jesus, I think it was Peter that, you know, was like, well, Lord, what about him? You yeah. Know? yeah. And he's like, well, if I want him to live forever, what's it to you? You follow me. Like right, right. right now, follow me. Be present with me right, right now. now. And don't worry about him and don't worry about what happens to him later and don't worry about later. Right. How, isn't it interesting? Like the disciples did get so hung up on what's going to happen next or what so-and-so did When are you coming ago? back? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And God, yeah. and Jesus was like, you have three years with me right now. No one else is going to have this time, mm-hmm. this very specific, very special time with me on earth. Because it's the unknown. We, it's hard to live in faith of the unknown. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that um, we take, we've taken faith out of a lot of things mm-hmm. in our Christian walk because we want everything to make sense. We want everything to be methodical. We want everything to satisfy and satiate us. Mm. And faith doesn't because it's believing in the evidence of things not seen. You right. can't see what we're believing in. That's what makes it faith. Right. Right. And that's what makes it not make sense. And, and I think that's where we're crumbling um, so much is because we more and more we want something that we can explain something that's tangible, something that feels right. Right. But doesn't say that faith will feel right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's believing yeah. in the evidence of things. It's not very seen. risky to be in it the is present. Very risky. <laughs> it's very trusting. It is. So I definitely want to challenge our listeners this week it's to just be stuff. in the present. Just a couple of real easy uh, practical applications. Ask yourself in the moment, am I living in the present right now? It's so easy to just be like, no, no I'm not because I'm thinking about what I'm doing tomorrow. Um, Secondly, I'm thinking about lunch. I'm so thinking I'm about totally I'm thinking about, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about an hour from now. Um, secondly, be still, which of course, mm, that's take such a great, great I know. Have you heard of that? Uh, take intentional moments every day to sit quietly in the present. Just mm. those simple, quiet moments, either in the morning or at night, or when you're playing with your kids, or when you're having that deep conversation with Rye, mm-hmm. or you know those teaching moments with Jaina are appreciate that moment 
because it's going to be gone so soon. And then um, lastly, practice gratitude. I know we just talked about gratitude as a thing of the past, but practice gratitude in the present. So when you take time each moment to be thankful, um, it'll help you to to be mindful of the present. Like Ann Voskamp's amazing book, um, 1,000 Gifts, is all about being thankful in the present and how that helped her to be so aware of where she was and when she was. So um, that's... That's great. Yeah. Love Be it. when and where you are. Uh, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> yes. So, Monica, would you pray yeah. for us? God, we thank you so much that you are a God of the present and that you have already covered our past and you've already prepared the future and that we need not worry or fret or plan or stress about any of it. Help us just just be aware of you with us in each moment. Help us to embrace it fully and to get the full flavor of every moment. And we just um, ask all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Cast. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love to have you review it on iTunes. Your reviews and ratings make it easier for others to come across our podcasts. And we'd love to hear from you on Facebook or Twitter. Hit us up at Be Still Be Free. And for details on our Bible studies or other resources, please visit www.bestillbefree.com.